John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm going to read a lengthy portion of scripture this morning. Verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles. You're never going to have a problem having somebody follow you if you're a miracle worker. Amen. They saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. Listen very closely. For he himself knew what he would do. You're never going to catch him off guard. Philip answered him, a day's wage is what he was saying. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take a little. If you look into that and study that, it's literally talking about crumbs. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves, poor man's food, and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Verse 10, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. Jesus gave it to the disciples. And the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Nothing be wasted. Therefore, they gathered together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. For the next little while, for the next 45 minutes, hopefully, maybe I can do it faster, I want to preach from this instruction, if you will. How to have a miracle. How to have a miracle. Would you lay your Bibles down? And I want to start with this. If you need a miracle today, I need a miracle today. If you need a miracle today, I want you to agree with someone that's beside you. Baby, would you come here? Just right here. I want you to come in contact with someone right now. And I want you to pray, God, 
Let us find out how to have a miracle and let us do what we find out about today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we need a miracle. We need a miracle beyond us, Lord. We need a miracle. This church needs a miracle, Jesus. There's people in this building that need a miracle. And Lord, I agree with my wife right now. That Lord, we're going to find out exactly what your word declares unto us that we need to do to make sure that that miracle comes to pass. And Lord, I'm going to speak the word of faith right now that there will be miracles wrought in this building before we leave this house today. And Lord, I believe that they will continue to be talked about. They will continue to be testified about this week in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are matchless. There's nobody like you, nobody beside you. And Lord, I give you all glory and honor for what you're going to do, Lord. There's a need here today. There's many needs here today. And Lord, I ask that right now only you, only you, God, the God that can work miracles would work a miracle in our family, in our life right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, work those miracles in this house, those that have a miracle, Lord, those that want to do whatever it takes to make sure that they have a miracle answered and brought to pass in their life before they leave this place. We honor you and we worship your powerful and your wonderful name. Would you exalt him right now? Would you magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Let him know you love him. Let him know you're thankful for him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How to have a miracle. You may be seated. Not sure if everybody in this place has ever done this before, but I have. I have done this many times. And I have notes in my phone, or a, I say a note, a file in my notes to prove it. But have you ever read a book? Read a book, and while you're reading that book, you come across that word or a word, and you cannot. For the life of you, maybe remember where you've heard it or, or maybe you don't even know. You, you, you sound it out. You get it all. I don't even know what that means. Maybe you've listened to a podcast. I, I listened to a podcast. A friend of mine, Brother Adam Shaw, has been here. And it's inevitable. Sometimes he'll use, as, as funny and Canadian and country as he may seem, he's a brilliant mind in my opinion. And, and my man will come out and drop a word every now and then. And I've got a, I don't know how to spell it. I'm the worst speller in history, in the history of time, but uh, in my opinion. But I'll try to spell it out, and I'll say it in Google, and Google will help me find it. And, but you, I don't know. I don't know the word, and I, I have to figure it out. Or maybe you've, you've watched something or listened to. Uh, I don't know if you've done this, but I have. I, don't, I think his name is Dr. Oz. I, I've watched Dr. Oz before, and I've seen him. That, is that right? Am I right? Is that Dr. Oz? Dr. Oz, and he said some things from time to time that, I have no clue. Just this week, just this week, um, going to the doctor's office for uh, the post-operation visit with uh, the post-op appointment for Creed. He had a little surgery during December. Even then, as funny and, and, and cool as this little doctor, the big doctor is, he said some things that I did not know what they meant. And I finally just gave up because I was trying to say it like he said it in my phone. I wasn't getting it right, and it wasn't medical, and so I just forgot about it. I said, Whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't even I can't even tell you what it is. I just it frustrates you at times because you want to know the word, 
I want to know the word. I want to, I, I'm trying to figure it out. And when these doctors give all these words and, and they throw all these things out and you're sitting there or standing there, whatever it is you may be doing in the doctor's office, and you're like, I wish somebody would help me out and, and, and be standing here like a, like a dictionary to tell me these words and help me figure out what they are. And I found something really funny. It is to me. I laugh at things like this. But somebody actually did that. They did. They, they gave us the meaning of uh, medical terms. Some of you medical people, you'll know, you'll, you'll understand these words. But um, bacteria, bacteria, the definition that someone gave was the back door of the cafeteria. Um, <laughs> bow, bow is a letter like A-E-I-O-N-U. Caesarean section is a neighborhood in Rome. Cat scan is searching for your kitty. A coma is a punctuation mark. An enema, someone who is not your friend. <laughs> I was going to try to do this without laughing, but here it goes. A fibula, a small eye. Labor pains when you get hurt at work. The pregnant ladies didn't think that was funny. <laughs> a pelvis. That's an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> a recovery room. A place to do upholstery. He's not here today. <laughs> a seizure is a, a Roman emperor. A tablet is a small table. A terminal is where planes land. Vain means that you're conceited. Amen. These are medical terms. I don't know about you, but I think that somebody got this incorrect. They didn't, they didn't really do, they misunderstood the words. But anyways, I thank you for obliging me with that little comic relief. But I want to present a word today that is found in my title, and that is the word miracle. Miracle. Miracle is, in fact, an odd word. It's a strange word. and We are not sure what constitutes a miracle. Some people, they get to use it. They say things like, man, if, if she would do this or he would do that, then, man, that would be a miracle. Like, just let me give you Darren and Ginger's house for a moment. If our kids would pick up their clothes and clean their room, it would be a miracle. But that's how we use it from time to time. But a miracle, a miracle in a biblical sense is God intervening. Not intruding and not interrupting, but God intervening in our lives and doing only what God can do. Yeah. Praise God. Miracles are meant, I want to submit this to you, and you've heard it countless times, some of you that have been around the church for a long time, but I want to submit to you this statement today, and I want it to register in your spirit and heart, and I don't want you to just nonchalantly receive it, but I want you to hear it and believe it and claim it in Jesus' name. But miracles are meant to happen. They're meant to happen right now in 2024. They're meant to happen in the future if he tarries. They're meant to happen today when you get home this afternoon. Miracles are meant to happen. 
in this last day. The story that we read contains the secret to how we, as church members and apostolic Holy Ghost filled believers, the secret is here in the scriptures that we read today on how to have a miracle. The story that we read today is a simple story, although it's a wonderful story. I love the story. I've, I've preached about this story before. I've, I, have, I have done many funerals talking about this particular story, but this story is a wonderful miracle in John's gospel, but it is recorded in all four of the gospels, Luke, Mark, and Matthew. It is the only miracle, the only miracle in the Bible that is recorded in all four of the gospels. And I don't know about you, but I believe that that's pretty significant. There's probably a reason, I would dare say, that our omnipotent, powerful, wonderful God had a reason to make sure that we were aware of this particular miracle. I think God, in his divine providence, ordered it to be this way because we need to know every element and everything and every portion of the story that is put there by these evangelists, by these, these men of God. And they recorded it for us to see every facet of this story and how it is reflected and how it is given by this writer and that writer. I believe that our God wanted us to get every portion and every bit of the story of the boy with his loaves and his fishes. In order for us to get this, in order for us to hear every portion of the story, he gave it in all four Gospels that we could learn from this miracle. I believe that today. And I don't know about you, but I want to learn from this miracle. And the reason that I want to learn from this miracle is where my title derives from today. I want to know how to have a miracle right now. And I believe that there is, a, there is purpose and there is direction on how to make sure that we as people of God have miracles. Because I can guarantee you, I can promise you, it has, if we don't have them, it has nothing to do with our creator and it has everything to do with us. Miracles, they were for a purpose of teaching, like the parables. He wanted us to learn from them. I think he gave us this particular event in the four Gospels in order that we might know how miracles happen and how they can happen in our lives, and in our families, and in this church. Oh, can I submit to Truth Church of Denison today that I want miracles to be evident in this house every time that we come to Truth Church. Listen to me. I want it to be in the Sunday school. I want it to be in true students. I want miracles to be here every time that we come into the house of God. Pastor Darren, don't you think that's far-fetched? Do you really think that's possible? You better believe it. I believe that miracles and signs and wonders can be possible in any type of service, in any type of atmosphere. That we as children of God 
make possible. 5,000 men. 5,000 men along with half as many women and children. Possibly 8,000. There's so many different numbers, but possibly 8,000 people on the hillside. The people were wary. No doubt complaining, confused. There was no central public announcing system that would say, hey, listen, do this and do that, or hey, this is what's going on, or hey, food trucks are going to show up pretty soon, and hey, the little John company's coming to bring out a bunch of little Johns and set them out here on the grassy knoll so we can all go to the bathroom. There was nothing like that. So no doubt, with 8,000 plus people, there were some, there were some issues. Bible says when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this, ladies and gentlemen, knowing. Somebody say he knew. He asked this knowing, knowing that he was going to do something. He asked this with the intentions to test him because he already had something in his mind. He already had a plan. I want to submit to you today. I don't know why everything happens. I don't, I don't have a clue why you're going through what you're going through. I don't have a clue why we're going through things that we're going through. I do know that his word tells me that he plans it all out. I do know that it's appointed unto man. I do know that God is great and greatly to be praised. I do know those things. But I don't know everything. But God already knew. You can rest assured whatever you're going through, God already has a solution. God already knows the answer. God, God already has it taken care of. He's waiting on testing you to see if you'll give him an opportunity. I don't want to get ahead of myself. There is no emergency. No need to be anxious about a great challenge that surrounded them. They could have been overwhelmed. They could have been, oh my goodness. But there's no need to get there. His plans were laid out already. The Bible says that he knows the plans or the thoughts that he has towards you. They're of good and not of evil to give you. Listen, listen. Tell me he don't have it planned out. To give you an expected end. That means he's already got it put together. He, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. He's already expecting what needs to happen. So you're not catching him off guard. I challenge you on this Sunday that you need to understand that our God has a plan laid out. The future is already where it needs to be. There's already assurance in it. And listen to me, disciples. Listen to me, children of God. It's a test for you and me to make sure that we let God do what he wants to do. Jesus, for you and me, it's crazy times. For you and me, we're overwhelmed with everything that's happening, even though we got booked for it. But for Jesus, it's just one more day of being about his father's business. It's just this whole miracle, this whole story that we read about. It's just one more day for him to be about his father's business. Sister Judy, it's just one more opportunity for him to do what he's on the earth to do. 
I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're far spent, but guess what? God's on the scene, and it's just another day to him. It's just another opportunity for him. He's waiting on you and me to put it in his hands. These disciples, as well as us, they had three options. The first response, according to the account in Mark, was to send the people away. Send them away to go buy their own lunch. Take care of it themselves. The disciples, listen to me, they get, they get bad news in this particular situation. The disciples were not hard-hearted. They were realistic. We have nothing anywhere. We forgot to call the food truck people. Nobody scheduled anything out. They're just being realistic. Hey, let's, let's send them away. They can go to the nearby towns. They can go to the lunch spots, and they can buy their own food. But <laughs> that wasn't what he wanted. The, they, these disciples, they were realistic in their answer to Jesus. But he was, he was in my opinion, he had this kind of mindset. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear that mess. I don't want to listen to your, your crazy little suggestion of what we need to do. He replies in Mark chapter 6 and verse 37. In the presence of a sovereign God, his people, they're commanded to do what they can't do. They're commanded to do something that they have no capability of doing. How can they do what only God can do? How can they make it happen? But this is what happens. Hey, let's find something for them. Let's get something for them. Let's, do we, how, how much money is it going to cost? They have, no, they have no idea on how it's going to happen. But God has the idea. God has everything in order. The power is not in the individual. The power is in Jesus. And that is what these disciples needed to understand. You don't have the answer, sir. You can't make it happen, sir. But I can. Praise God. The second possibility was, let's take an offering up. Let's receive an offering. In so many words. Let's, let's get some money if we can. But there's no way that the amount of money that they could possibly get or anybody else could contribute to this situation is going to be able to feed enough money to feed all of these people. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each individual to get a little bite. That's the second option. It wasn't a viable option because nobody's going to get anything to eat. Everybody's still going to be murmuring. Everybody's still going to be upset. The third possibility was to expect Jesus to do something. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will these go among so many? Here's, here is a solution, but is it really a solution? Is this really going to take care of it? But Andrew 
He displayed both faith and doubt. Just like you and I do sometimes. Amen. I believe it, Lord. But is it possible? I know it's going to happen, Lord. But is it really possible to happen? Somebody say faith. faith. All of us, we can display faith, but most of the time, we display doubt at the same time. Yes, this boy has a lunch. But really, could it really be multiplied? By itself, it's wholly inadequate. By itself, you have some bread and some fish, and I'm looking at it, probably not going to work. Maybe it could, but it's probably not going to work. We can almost hear the despair in Andrew's voice, but how far will they go among so many? How far will the fish and the loaves go among so many? I'm giving a, a solution or I'm giving you an opportunity, but I just don't know if it can really be done. Oh, praise God. Behind this question is a hint of faith. Behind his question, how far is this going to go among so many? There's still a hint of faith. The suspicion that Jesus might be able to do something extraordinary. The fact that Andrew the, brought the boy's lunch to Jesus is proof enough that he believed a miracle was possible. Why did he believe that a miracle could possibly be possible? Because, ladies and gentlemen, he had seen water turn into wine before. He had seen somebody that was healed about 20 miles away from where Jesus was. And so could it be if he can turn water into wine, if he can heal a little boy that's 20 miles away from where Jesus is, anything is possible. Maybe Jesus would turn the boy's lunch into a banquet lunch. I don't know, but could it be? There was a little bit of faith. There was a little bit of something inside of him that said maybe, just maybe, if he's done A and he's done B and done C before, maybe he can do A again right here in this situation. Maybe he can do B right here again in this situation, but I'm just not sure. Jesus chose to use this unknown boy. You've read it, no doubt, many of you in the room. If you haven't, the scripture does not say. It doesn't appear in any pages in scripture who this boy was. But Jesus brought this unknown boy. He, he got this unknown boy from Andrew. And he got his lunch. And Jesus, he did something absolutely amazing. In front of a crowd. In front of a massive crowd. He gave these people to eat until they were full. And there were 12 baskets. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you on this Sunday morning, you may not have what it takes. You may not have all the answers, but I want to tell you today that Jesus has all of the answers. He's a wise, sovereign God, and it will be like Andrew, even though there's a little bit of doubt in us, it will say, Jesus, here it is. I'll give it to you. He'll command it to multiply. He'll command it to be what it needs to be to meet the need. Clap your hands under the Lord. Yeah. 
we have, what we have in our hands can only do what it can do. And it can only do what it can do. Let me, let me say this. The creator, he did not find it easier to create a banquet meal with the boys' lunch. You hear me? It wasn't just, well, since there's something here. He didn't have to have the boys' lunch. He could have just said, I need a lot of bread and I need a lot of fish. Boom, and there it comes. He didn't find it easier to say, okay, since he's here. The Bible says he knew what he was going to do, but it was for a test. It was to test, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. I said it and I believe it. I prayed it and I believe it. That miracles are about to happen in this place because some people are going to get a revelation on how to have a miracle in this house in the name of Jesus Christ. He didn't find it easier to create the food. He didn't find it easier to, or to, to produce this miracle with the boy's food. He just he wanted somebody to give something. He wanted somebody to be there. Jesus very seldom, if you look through scripture, very seldom does any kind of miracle without somebody. I'll prove it to you. Lazarus, come forth. Y'all loose him and let him go. Y'all go do this right here. Get the stone out of the way. I've preached about it many times. There were some thems and some days that day that got to be a part of the miraculous. Amen? Because they were in the right place at the right time. He uses us if we want to be used. Andrew, if you'll present to me, little boy, if you'll be all right with giving it, I'm about to do something that will blow your minds. I'm about to make something happen. But it requires you and me to present ourselves and give God something so God can do what he's already planned to do anyway. Praise God. I want us to get this. He doesn't have to have you open your mouth not one time you don't got to open your mouth one time to witness to anybody to teach a bible study to talk to anybody he can build the church all by himself he can if you're not sure of that he can I'm just assuring you that God can be, he's going to have a church he can build the church all by himself but ladies and gentlemen he wants to use you and me to be his hands and feet on this earth to walk around to somebody and say hey I don't have it silver and gold have I none but I got the Holy Ghost that changed me I got the Holy Ghost that transformed my life I got the Holy Ghost that healed me and brought me out of darkness and set my feet up on a rock to stay I used to be a druggie I used to be in prison I used to not care about God but now I do and my life is better my home is better he wants you and me to be a part of that miracle. He can build his church without our cooperation. He can feed the hungry without us 
trying to help them out and give them a little change on the side of the road. He can do all of that. But listen to me. He doesn't choose to do it without us. You hear me? He doesn't choose to do it without us. The Bible, how do you know this to be true, Pastor Darren? Because the Bible says, greater works than these shall ye do. I want to use you to do greater things than have ever been recorded in the history of time. But it's up to you and me to present our bodies a living sacrifice, to present ourselves. God, do what you would do with me. So your word can be accomplished in this last day. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? I stated it once. I'll state it again. What we have in our hands can only do what it can do. But when it's transferred into the hands of a sovereign God, when it's put in the hands of our sovereign God, there is no guessing as to what it might do. Oh, praise God. That which is in the hands, which is given to the hands of Jesus Christ, he will keep it and he will do exactly what he desires to do, what he has planned before you were formed in your mama's womb. He had a plan. He had a direction. He had a desire. There's some of you saying, I don't know if I can live for God. I don't know if I can be delivered. I don't know if I can stop smoking. I don't know if I can stop drinking. I don't know if I can stop doing drugs. Let me tell you something right now. If you'll put yourself in the hand of a powerful God, he'll deliver you. He'll transform you. He'll renew you and he'll use you to do a work in this last day. Oh, somebody stand to your feet right now. I don't know if I can witness to somebody. I don't know if I can tell somebody about God. If you'd put yourself in the hands of a sovereign God. You may be seated. He'll use you to do the miraculous. To put it differently. What's in our hands is absolutely nothing. What is in Jesus' hands is everything. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Y'all just stay with me. It says I got 14 and a half minutes. Let us take what we have and put it in contact with omnipotence. I don't have very much money. Put it in the hands of omnipotence. I don't have the smarts to do this, that, or the other. Put it in the hands of omnipotence. I don't know if I could ever teach a Bible study. Put yourself in the hands of the omnipotence. Lord, I don't know what I could hear. Here I am, Jesus. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. In your hands, in your thought process, in my hands, in my thought process, guess what? It ain't going to happen. You need answers for your marriage? I know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. And I'm not being funny. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You need help in your marriage? And you've tried to fix it too long? Why don't you get before the Lord? I, I, I heard it. I heard it just now. You didn't say it. 
And I don't know who you are, but I heard it. I've done that a thousand times, Pastor Darren. Do it again. This time, shut everything else out and put it in the hands of a sovereign God. Jesus, this is Andrew talking to you. I got some fish and I got some loaves and I got a little boy. But there's a whole lot of people out here. Jesus, I've come before you with my marriage. I've come before you with the issues of my husband or my wife before and nothing's happened. Just like Andrew. Here it is though. I really don't know what you can do with it, but here it is. There's faith. There's some doubt in there, but there's faith because he laid it before him. And Jesus took it. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. And he did something that only omnipotence could do. Preaching to a married couple right now. You're wondering how in the world it's ever going to get fixed. You're wondering how you're ever going to be unified in the spirit. I was in the Holy Ghost earlier. I knew it, but I didn't really know it until just now. You've been wondering how it's going to happen. Let me tell you something. Before you leave this house today, don't walk out the back door. Don't get in your car, but come to this altar. I don't care if it's only you. You come to the altar all by yourself and leave your husband or your wife out there and say, Jesus, I need some help. I'm presenting it before you. Do what only you can do. Oh, somebody needs to stand to your feet and clap your hands right now. Come on, somebody needs to stand to your feet and clap your hands unto the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to present it to you today. Soon as, soon as it was presented to him, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks. In the name of Jesus, God, let revelation grip a hold of every person under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus Christ, he took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed those who were seated, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Mark tells us explicitly that Jesus gave the bread to the disciples who acted like our ushers do by giving the bread to the crowd. Now, there's no way that I can prove it. But I believe the miracle took place in the hands of Jesus. The disciples only gave what was given to them. Amen? I can't prove it, but I believe it took place in the hands of Jesus. They came back and they were like, I saw that fish was almost gone. Man, there was only a few... There wasn't very many loaves of bread, but man, look, there's the same amount, and I already gave to, I already gave to six dozen people. Here's a question for you. Where'd the baskets come from? Where'd the baskets come from? 
<laughs> hey, when he begins the work, he's already got the finish line in mind, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if Susie Sue or Mary the third or whoever brought a basket that day with them empty and didn't know why. But they brought something. Why? Because God already had the finish line in his mind. I know what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to provide for over 8,000 people, I'm about to have leftovers for somebody. I can see it. I really can't. I, I, my, my mind goes crazy. I can see Peter. He finishes his, all the stuff he's given. He goes back. What? You don't ask. How'd you do that? You don't ever ask. You just keep doing. You just keep wondering. I don't know how you did it. But let me tell you something. If you'll think with me. I read it a moment ago. The Bible says, gave thanks. He gave thanks and distributed those. He, distri he gave thanks for what was there. And when he gave thanks for what was there, no doubt it began to multiply. And ladies and gentlemen, the disciples gave what they were given and it began to bless. It began to nourish. It began to bring help and hope to people that need help and hope. I'm here to tell you today, if you give God what you have, what will happen is God will multiply it to do the miracle. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. You see, I, some of y'all know this, I used to wear glasses. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. Never. I got prayer. I didn't like glasses. I got a picture on my phone, and I, my mom, God love her sweet soul. We were outside of Olin Mills in Sherman. I think it was the backside of the, I don't remember where it was. I can't even remember. But, man, she, we were having an argument about fixing my hair. <laughs> and I was giving her some problems. Now that I think about it, that's why my boys give me problems. <laughs> I was giving her some issues. But she was determined to fix my hair. She had one of those round combs. She had about a gallon of rave hairspray. And she had brought a curling iron. Man, she curled that junk up. I wish I'd have given you a picture, Brother Gary. I got it. I may send it to you. And, man, she gave me a part right here. And she sprayed that hairspray and started going. And it looked like before he was cool, they took it off of Donald Trump's head and smacked it right back smack dab on the top of my head. And to go along with this ice cream sundae of hairdos that I had, I had some big old round glasses. And so it was for moments like this that I hated glasses. Nowadays, you buy fake glasses for your kids so they can look cool. But in our day and age, that wasn't the case. I hated glasses. But I'll never forget it. Preacher prayed for me. And it wasn't nothing miraculous. I can't remember the words that he prayed. I just told him my need. 
And today, the only reason I found out is because we were at school and I was doing the 2020 vision set, uh, test and I could not get it. I didn't know what was on. I took my glasses off and I read everything properly. And I haven't worn glasses since then. No offense to anybody that has glasses on. I just didn't want them. And I'm not saying that's the reason God did it, but my vision was corrected. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's a big miracle or a small miracle. When you put it in the hands of the omnipotent one, when you put it in the hands of omnipotence, it becomes something that only God can supply. It becomes something that will meet your need. It will be a miracle that only God can do. In the story that I read, we have a primer of how to have a miracle. To give us understanding, to prime our spirits on how to have a miracle. What do you need? Jesus, he looked at the crowd. He saw the need. He always does. Amen. He knows the need before you and I even think to ask. Amen. That's what the book says. You got to identify the need. When he came to Capernaum, he saw the men, or the man rather, with the withered hand. He saw the need. And when you see the need, when you and I identify the need, there's one other thing that we got to do. When Nicodemus came to him by night, he saw the need. And the need was he needed the new birth experience. When you and I see the need, when we see the issue or the problem or we see what we have hope for, we have desire, we are desiring something. The Lord, the Lord wants you to understand that in your hands, it's impossible. He wants you to understand that you've identified the need, but without me, nothing's going to happen with it. He needs you and I to understand that he already knows about it. He's already got it in his mind. And if you would understand, man, I can't do anything with this. This financial problem, I can't do anything. This marriage, I can't do anything, but I still got a need. This job situation, I can't do anything about it, but I still got a need. That's where he wants you and me to get. He wants you and me to identify the need and understand that in my hands, say I can't do anything. Say it, I can't do anything. But after you identify, oh, I believe the Holy Ghost is about to descend right here upon somebody's spirit in life in the name of Jesus. After you identify the need, you got to identify the resource. What do you have? I said it at the beginning of service. Silver and gold have I none. I identified the need. The disciple identified the need. Here's a man that's got a cup and he's asking for alms. There's the need. The disciple said, I know exactly what he needs, but I ain't got any of that. I can't do that. 
me personally, in and of myself, can't make it happen. But I identify my resource. And he said, silver and gold, I know that's your need. I know you want something that will sustain you for lunchtime or maybe even dinner. But I ain't got anything for you on that. But what I do have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Your legs are about to get better. You're about to get a job. You're going to buy a house. You're going to get married. I got it all planned out. Not me, but my resource does. overwhelmed by poverty I mean 8,000 poverty no lunch trucks nothing was there but the creator was on the scene the universe the one the master of the universe was right there on the scene and it was very simple all they had to do is have a little bit of faith and they said Andrew said hey here's my little bit of faith here's this lunch and this boy but what is it among so many? And Jesus said, that's just enough, Sister Debbie. That text message is just enough. That thing on the front porch just a couple weeks ago is just enough, Sister Debbie. In the name of Jesus Christ, let there be made whole in that family. Let their hope come to that family. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I need you to stand to your feet and clap your hands under the Lord with all of your might right now. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord right now. Stand to, stay standing to your feet for a moment. I'm not finished, but just stay standing. Faith is the only means that we have to relate to Jesus. That's it. That's it. We can't relate to him any other way. We only have faith. Faith is the only means by which we relate to Jesus. And so I want to submit to you today, you may not have a lot. You may not be able to offer very much. But when you put it in the hands of Jesus in faith. I know this is going to be a loaded question. But you need a miracle in your family, in your marriage right now. In your children. I want you to raise your hand. Look around so you know you're not by yourself. You need a miracle in your job right now. I want you to raise your hand. Keep your hands up, everybody else. Keep them up. Praise God. Keep your hands up right now. I want you to close your eyes all across the building. If you need any type of miracle, I want you to raise your hands right now. Keep them up. Close your eyes, and I just want you to begin to speak the name of Jesus, and I want you to listen to me at the same, same time. The question is not if you believe or how much you believe. The real question is what you believe or whom you believe in because everybody walks by faith. The only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is the faith that they have, the objective that they have their faith in. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now that you need to have your faith in Jesus Christ. 
Christ right now. Not in Pastor Darren. Not in any programs. Not even in a counselor. But you need to have your faith in Jesus Christ. Your resource. The only resource that can take you the extra mile. The only resource that can meet the need here today. Come on, lift your voice to him all across the building. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying right now. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God is good. 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 Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. Somebody say my resource. Somebody say my resource. My resource is Jesus Christ. My resource is Jesus Christ. And the third thing, the last thing, the key to unlock miracles, the key to have a miracle right now. I'm not talking about next week. I'm not talking about next year. I'm not talking about a couple hours from now, but I'm talking about the key to unlock the miracle right now is what pleases God. There's four simple words. I've preached about them. I've talked about them. I've said something about them. There's four simple words that Jesus gives in our text. And it's the key to unlock the door of a miracle in your life. I'm telling you, church, I preached all of this to get to this one point right here. And I didn't do it just to get to a point. I did it for God to manifest himself in this place right now. I had you raise your hands. We've identified the need. I've just told you you need to identify the resource that you have. And the resource that you have is faith in God. Somebody say faith. Faith in God. If you'll have faith in the only one that can do anything about it, something's going to be done. I'm going to ask you a classroom question. I want y'all to answer me first. Do you believe that he knows the plans that he has for you? They're of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Do you believe that? Do you guys believe that? Do y'all believe that? Do y'all believe that? He knows the plans, the thoughts that he has towards you. They're of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe it can happen today. I believe God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost and they can be transformed immediately. Does God do it over time? A lot of times, yes, he does. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet all across the building? The key. The key is this. Give it to me. Give it to me. Four words. Give it to me. You're addicted, give it to me. You've got talent, give it to me. I, I'm washed up. I don't know if I ever be anything for God. Give it to me. Some of you in this house, you've been anointed. You felt the anointing sweep over your life. You felt the calling of God on your life. The word of God says the gifts and the calling are without repentance. Give it to him today. Some of you feel like that 
it's never going to get better in my home. I'm never going to feel peace again. I'm never going to feel joy again. There's no way that my marriage could ever be fixed. I want you to close your eyes all across the building if you would, please. I got safety team. They'll keep an eye out for you. There's no way that my ailment will ever get better. There's no way that my husband is ever going to feel the freedom of the Holy Ghost again. There's no way that my husband and I are ever going to see eye to eye about the Word of God. There's no way that my job situation will ever get better. I'm going to have to work here until I pass from this life. But I just asked you a question, ladies and gentlemen. Do you believe that he knows the thoughts that he has towards you? They're of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. The problem is all the things that I just repeated and said and talked about. The problems are Man, I don't feel the Holy Ghost like I used to. I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. Can you have a little bit of Andrew faith? Though there's doubt, could you do what I've talked about today? Give it to Jesus. I know I normally make an altar call, but I want you to do it on your own today because there's nothing I could do to make it happen. Pastor Darren can't fix anything. But if you've identified the problem, if you've identified the issue, if you've identified the need, now I want you to identify the resource. And the resource that you have, though it may be minuscule, though it may be frail, you have faith today. I want you to walk to this altar. And I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to put it in the hands of a sovereign God. I want you to put it in the hands of a God that can only make it work out in your favor identify the need identify your resource identify the key that unlocks the miracle and that key that unlocks the miracle is you truly give it to Jesus I'm speaking to a husband right now you haven't truly given it to Jesus you need to give it to Jesus today speaking to a young person right now you haven't given it to Jesus you need to give it to Jesus today somebody you've been addicted to substance you've been addicted to substance abuse you've been doing it over and over again for years and you can't get away from it why don't you right now give it to Jesus come on I got people that are going to pray for you come on I got people that are here going to pray for you they're going to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus They're not going to be mean. They're not going to be hurtful. They're just going to do what the word of the Lord says. Come on, sir. Give it to Jesus. Consecrate it to Jesus. Dedicate it to Jesus. Surrender it to Jesus. Give me the boys' lunch is what Jesus is saying. Give me your issue. Give me your problem. I know you got a little bit of faith, but still give it to me. And when it's in my hands, I'll show you what I can do. Once you release it, I'll show you what I can do in the name of Jesus Christ. Let families be unified right now in Jesus' name as they give it to you.
come on sir you got a talent you need to give it to Jesus today I don't know if I'll ever be used I don't know if I'll ever feel the anointing come on walk up to this altar all by yourself leave everybody else behind and you by yourself say God I give it to you God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost he's going to give you new revelation from the word of God today that you have never experienced
I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop. in the darkness my god that is who you are i call you way maker miracle worker promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working come on andrew gave him he gave him the little boy's lunch the bible says he takes the lunch and he holds it up and he said I thank thee I thank thee for these five little biscuits if you will I thank you for this little bit of fish I don't know about you but I don't know if we would hardly be thankful for that little bit of fish and those little bit of biscuits Jesus gave us a perfect example. Here it is. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. You may not have any of the money. You may not have a lot of money. You may need help in your finances. Thank you, Jesus, for this little bit of finances. I don't have any, but thank you for my job. Here's the problem. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. That's where the problem is. But I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for my car. I thank you for my health. I thank you, Jesus. Begin to thank you for it. Put it in his hands and watch God do what only God can do. He'll multiply. He'll take away what needs to be taken away. He'll provide what needs to be provided. He'll heal what needs to be healed. 
Somebody begin to thank him. Somebody begin to thank him. He gave us an example. Put it in his hands. Come on, find somebody to pray with. Somebody to agree with. Somebody to help. Place it in the hands of a sovereign God.